Welcome back to another episode of Broken Record Ministries. I'm Ronnie. Brother Bob's back. How's it going? Coffee Mike's back. Hello. Schmedium Mike's back. How you doing? Nick, no, no nickname, yeah. Carl's back. Thank you. Thank you. And also, hello, Tisha. <laughs> hello, Ronnie. <laughs> Our Bible verse tonight is John 4, 10. And I am going to read it from... The NASB, Jesus answered and said to her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Our topic tonight is community. How we isolated ourselves and didn't want it before. And how we thrive with it in our walk. I chose that verse because I heard an account, uh, like an archaeological dig of like where they think Jacob's well is, where this story took place. Like for those listening that doesn't know, this is the story of the Samaritan woman that comes to the well and Jesus is there. Um, if you think about her for a minute, that was a long walk. Like it was away from the town. The well was away from the town, away from the community, a community that which shunned her. And she went into the hottest part of the day to go get water. Water that was in a big 50-pound vase, pottery vase, we'll say, right? So just think your average normal female, okay? Like, you're going to walk two, three miles, maybe. Maybe, I mean, maybe shorter, right? And then you're going to lower the bucket into the well, which at this site they said was 153 feet down to fill up this big pottery vase and then once it's full of water walk back with it most likely on her head um, to keep it balanced and everything water weighs about what, 8 pounds a gallon? it does right so something so that's what she did before the talk with Jesus, right? To a community that shunned her, that didn't want her around, that used her, maybe, right? Like, that doesn't really say. It's not scriptural, but you can only imagine. To when she has this talk with Jesus, she runs back to tell the people that didn't see her as an equal. Back to the community which had shunned her to talk to her about Jesus. Mm-hmm. And, like, I think that's us a lot of the time. Hopefully most of the time. Right? Like, for whatever reason, whether an actual community kicked you out 
or you think in your mind, well, I don't want to go around them. I'm not good enough to go around them. I did this, I did that. So you isolate yourself. And then Jesus walks into your life. And sometimes it's like, hmm, I'll stick my toe in the water. All these churchy people, right? Maybe go to lunch or breakfast, depending on what you call it. That's right. <laughs> and then the next thing you know, you're serving, you're doing the things, you're... Like, you miss a day of whatever you're supposed to be doing, and the rest of your week's all out of whack. Yeah. Yeah. So I just wanted to, for us to discuss that part of it, the relationship of the community part of it. And I wanted to set it up with that. <laughs> you know, it's awesome about her story, too, is she goes from somebody who's intentionally isolating herself to being a community builder. Because when she goes back, she's she's telling everybody about you know what this what this prophet from her perspective did for, for mm-hmm. her. You know what I mean? And you know, the Messiah is here. He's he's real. It's it's legit. And she starts building a believing community around it. Right. You know, he used somebody who was completely isolated to be a community right. builder in that community, in that in that region. It's awesome. Right. Well, he challenged her to do that. I mean, you know, in a sense, mm-hmm. you know, just like he challenges us to be in a community. Because if we're challenged and we're in a community, that means we're trying to be more like him. Mm-hmm. Mike, Mike, Tisha, chime in. I have some thoughts on community. We did a study in my women's Bible study, and we talked about community. And we talked about how lack of community really destroys all of our relationships and how we kind of don't even understand what community looks like. Like, you're talking about going to brunch or breakfast or lunch, but, and we would love to just blame it on the internet, and do I believe that, do I believe that social media has a big part in why we're not truly in community with each other? Yes, I think it plays a role. But I think our big houses, our fences, I think television... I think all of these things, they separate us where we used to share. And we don't share our real. We hide behind our big walls. And I mean literal and figurative walls. And so then we don't share our real of what's going on inside our relationships, either our relationships with our marriages or our relationships with our children or our relationships with Christ. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And we don't want to admit those things, and we don't want to share those things because our life seems so perfect behind the walls. Mm -hmm. And so we don't open up about some of those things. We we share only a small part of of ourselves. And by, by holding back ourselves, we're holding back our ministry. We're holding back what God has to offer through us by trying to make ourselves look better. So um, so we spent a lot of time talking about this as women because I know as a woman I can speak for my kind. <laughs> I'm going to speak for all women right now because I'm the only one here. Um, but I believe that we somehow want to fulfill this perfection that is unattainable and really 
what we should only be worried about is glorifying God. Glorifying God through our marriages. Glorifying God through our parenting. Glorifying God as a grandparent. And so on and so on. So that's one part of community, but also the being in community as the church, being out in our community. Because what my walls also do is protect me because Mm -hmm. I now have a lock. So I'm not worried as much about my world out there because I can lock my door, because I can lock my car safely inside my garage. And so I'm not as aware unless I go out and force myself to be a part of my community to know there's people in my community. I don't need to go across the border to realize there's people cold and hurting and hungry and lonely and depressed and and all of these people right near me within a block's radius and probably in most cases less than that that need Jesus. Yeah. And so I've had to remind myself to leave my comfort zone and go out and and really look like community, look yeah, like well, God is. You know, Jesus tells us that we need to go out and meet them practical needs of them other people. Absolutely. Because if we don't, we're definitely not showing them that we're a part of him. I mean, you know, he tells us to love our neighbors as ourselves. You know, who's our neighbors? Everybody we pass. That's who our neighbor is. Mm-hmm. Why Why would we not love somebody? We have no idea what's going on in their life. We have no idea what, what walk they're in, you know. So who are we to try to judge somebody when we don't even know them? I'm sure you guys remember that story I told about the guy that jumped off the bridge. Mm-hmm. And he left a note saying that if one person says hello to me on the way to the bridge, I won't jump. That's yeah. a suicide note. Think about that for just a minute. How many people do you pass every single day? I made it a point in my life. Tonight I was getting gas and a cup of coffee before I got here. Guy was over there, kind of had his head hung down, just getting gas. And I walked over and said, how you doing tonight, brother? Hooked up and says, oh, I'm doing okay. You know, he... He looked really down. Mm-hmm. Who knows what's going through his head? Now, was it life changing for him? I have no idea. But you know, I wanted him to know he looked pretty lonely that he wasn't alone. And I think when you get alone, the, the enemy works on you, puts those thoughts in your head. You know, <clears throat> I'm the world's worst for keeping that stuff to myself, but I'm working hard through my community of brothers and sisters, mm-hmm. laying out the problems that I'm having. Common everyday stuff, you know, and <clears throat> without them, I don't know where I'd be. Everyone needs to do that. Right. I mean, you need your buddies. Yeah. Well, I, I think back to the time when I had the preacher come, come to my door. You know, he was trying to meet one of my practical needs, which was me needing Jesus, me needing God, you know, and I flat refused him, you know. But he still I refused him and, and I, him and him. Yes, yeah. yes. I, well, I refused no, yeah. him and told him I didn't need the other. Right. Which was so Re- stupid. Now that I look back at what I just said, <clears throat> you know. But anyway, you know, this man lived in Macon. He drove all the way from Macon just to come to my door and be like, "Hey, Bob, do you want to come to church?" I love that. You know, and I'm like. Of course, I said no, and I told him, you know, what I told him. But looking back, you know, I I want to strive to be how he was. I mean, he was bold enough, and he he cared enough, and he wanted me a he wanted me to be a part of his community enough that he drove thirty some thirty plus miles to my house, probably knowing 
that outcome, right? Probably knowing that outcome, yes. You know, but he still took the time out to actually care about me. Right. You know, and it just, you know, and that's, I look at, I look back on that and I keep that in the back of my mind and I, I try to do that now through my shop because I meet a lot of people there and I can pray for a lot of people there before the question you asked is, you know, did you want to be in a community before? No, I didn't. I wanted to be by myself. I wanted to be secluded. I didn't need anybody else or I thought I didn't. And, but I did, you know, and now I do. I got a good community that Mm -hmm. holds me accountable. Your tribe. Yeah, my tribe. But Bob, do you think, I think inside of us is that desire, whether you're following Christ or not, to be in some sort of community. It's in us and it's from the beginning. Adam was in communion with uh, God in the Garden of Eden. I think we all have that feeling inside to belong to something. I did not. No group whatsoever. None. Here, better yet, Carl, you can answer that too, right? I agree. I just want to say, my stomach's growling, and I looked over, and Mike gave me a look, and then I started cracking up, and I just want you to know, other Mike, those looks weren't for you. So, <laughs> I was like, what did I do? Carl needs a snack. Oh, my goodness, I might need something. Snickers or something. I thought I <laughs> but but, but, no, but you've, you've talked about being isolated on an island. I was, so. but I was still social. Like, I, I had friends, just the wrong friends. You know what I mean? That's, I was, that's I what was I'm a about, social yeah. creature, but I didn't have any kind of, like, faith-based community at all. Yeah. I only came back in a community out of desperation. Honestly, he, he, he worked on me for a long time, and I swirled and spiraled to the point where he just had to strike me pretty hard. And he had to let me get to a pretty dark place. And the only reason I came into community is because I didn't, I didn't know where else to turn for answers. Honestly, I had tried checking all the boxes and that wasn't working. I had my friends that were godless. They weren't working for me. Nothing was working for me. I just came into community just out of desperation to, to see if he had something for me. And he did. You know what I mean? That's ultimately why I'm here now. Right. But yeah, it was, he had to get me to a place of desperation, but I wouldn't say that I was completely and totally isolated. I, I, would, I was just isolated from the right people, from the right community. Does that make sense? Okay. Yeah. You saying that, I'm sorry, Tish, was no, you going to say no, something? Go ahead. You saying that, m- me back then, I hung with people, but I'd done it for reasons. Yeah. Using yes, my my reasons was totally. I I did not need nobody back then, or I thought I didn't need anybody. I kept myself secluded that way. Nobody could get in. Nobody could understand where I'm at and what was going on. I kept it hid really well. Mm-hmm. Even even in my business when I was in when you know back then, I kept it hid really well. But. That was a whole total different me because I absolutely would finesse you. I would make you, I'd make it sound sweet just to get what I needed. That's manipulation. So, so back then you knew people to know people, right? But now you know people. Then people you call acquaintances, right? You guys, I call family, right? Big That's difference. the difference. So back then, you had a guy. Yes. Now you have a guy. 
Yes. With, with a time. different time, right? You yes. know, different. Yes. Say, say, it might be the same thing, right. but like, say you needed something built or whatever, right? So you need a carpenter. Well, you knew a guy. Yes. Back then, it was like, well, what can can I add some sugar to this coffee so exactly. I can get it done? Exactly. And then now it's like, I know a guy. He's a carpenter. Let's just get it done. Yeah. Right. Yes. My problem is when I moved here. Uh, I don't have my family. My my family is very godly. You know what I mean? I, I went off the rails, but it wasn't because my family raised me wrong. Right, and it wasn't because I stopped believing. I just I I, I put myself on that little island. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then you become a target. And you know he he the enemy's so good at deluding you into believing mm-hmm. your sin isn't really sinful. That's it. Yeah. And that's where he had me. And it was it was it was a death by a thousand cuts until I got to a place where I was like, I don't know how to get out of this now. I really don't. And before I had my grandpa that I could depend on, mm-hmm. one of the most godly people I know. But being an hour and a half away, I was isolated here, didn't really have friends, didn't, definitely didn't have the right friends, and very often God will use other people to lift you up. Absolutely. I didn't have that. That's, that was what I was missing. That's what I wanted to speak to. So it wasn't until this phase in my life, like this season of my life, that I was brave enough. I heard, love thy neighbor, love thy neighbor, and I'm like, okay, I'll love thy neighbor in theory. Like, you know, I mean, that's bad, and I'm so sorry to say that out loud, but it's the truth. Um, so in this season of my life, when God puts something on my heart, so for example, I really started working on my actual neighbor who I knew um, had no interest at the time in what I was selling, which was, please come to Bible study with me. Please come to Bible study with me. And I'm not that person who's comfortable going up to someone's house and going, hi, I'm your neighbor. I nickname my neighbors fake names just because that way I can call them a name, but I don't have to know them. That's that's who I am in my heart. <laughs> but that's not who Jesus wanted me to be. So Jesus goes, okay, girl, get on over there and invite your neighbor. What? Jesus, what are you talking about? So I go over and I invite my neighbor. She shuts me down, much like Bob did. And then I go over and I invite my neighbor again. And I'm like... I'm so sorry to tell you this, but I'm probably going to ask you again because I have to, because Jesus is making me. So, so I go and I ask her again, and again she says no. And then last week, my neighbor comes to Bible study with me. Over a year of asking, over a year, and she said, is it okay if I come this this Saturday? And I said, girl, yes, you are an answer to a prayer. You know, but um, I'm not comfortable approaching and being involved in all of, like, approaching your door. No, no. <laughs> Can we honk from the street? <laughs> yeah. So what you're saying is, God put it on your heart. And that's an important thing about community. Oh, yeah. A.W. Tozer talks about making your mind a sanctuary. Mm-hmm. So the God can always dwell in there and direct you. So that's obviously what you did. You were praying about it because <laughs> yes. it was against your nature to go oh, knock yeah. on doors. I mean, it's like selling vacuums. Who wants oh, to see that guy? You know, that is right. not me. Yes. yes. So the last time that guy came, I bought a two thousand dollar vacuum. <laughs> <laughs> You're not alone. In it, okay. You're not alone. I bet I'm you sorry, paint walls man. with it, can't you? <laughs> you know? I'm, yeah. so, I mean, that's a great thing. I'm the same person who most recently invited my husband's ex-wife to come to Bible study with me. Oh boy. And so my Bible study said. Excuse me, you're going to bring her here? If she will come, 
you bet I'll bring her here. Mm-hmm. Because she has no community. She doesn't have people to support her faith. She's not ever really known faith the way that... I, she doesn't know Jesus. She doesn't know that Jesus the way I know Jesus. And... Um, she, she knows... Well, and I don't know. But this is what my example all the time, right? For the people in my in my life. Like, she knows Jesus of Nazareth, but she doesn't know Jesus the Christ. Oh, and her describing if she likes a church is how nice they are to her. That's it. Nothing about the message, but, oh, we should go back there because they were pretty nice. Mm-hmm. You know, and I love that. Please don't get me wrong. Don't hear me as the church being nice to people that walk in the door. Every person, be nice to them. Yeah, you know, absolutely. look like look like Jesus. But um, But the other side of that is that I want her to know the relationship. And, and to how to be in relationship. And if someone doesn't show that to her, and whether that's me or not, I don't care. I don't care, but, um, so yes. So I yeah, invited. You, you want her to have the intimacy. Yes, yes, absolutely. That's where it's at. I mean, absolutely. if you're not intimate with him, you're not nothing. So you can imagine being the women who are loving on me in my mm-hmm. Bible study group saying, are you bringing the enemy? No, she's not the enemy. She's, she's a daughter of Christ. Who happened to be married to the man that I'm now married to. And good for her. She had good taste. Um, and we're happy and have beautiful children. And thanks to her for uh, making some of my favorite people. Absolutely. And so, yeah. but, but it's, but it's hard to get there. It's hard to explain to women that yes, I'm, I absolutely invited. Well, I don't think it's good love right there. That's a true act of loving a fellow person. Yeah, that's exactly what Jesus would have done. That's a, yeah, I mean, well, yeah. and you and you put the qualifier on there for like women, but I but that's hard for guys to do uh, too. Yeah, I, I can't. Right? I wouldn't like, show up with the next girlfriend. I I I I no. a little stuttery there. Well, I, I just don't want any part of that. You're not in that place yet. You were not there yet. Yeah, you wasn't right. thinking quick enough. Not even close. stuttering. <laughs> yeah. Well, then you think you hit on something important to you when you said, you know, well, they're just nice. You know, community is important, but it needs to be defined. Yes. yes. Right? That was something that we talked about on the other podcast I'm digging deeper today. Actually, we dug into Ephesians 4. Mm-hmm. And that's really what that whole chapter is is about, is not just unity, how that unity should be defined yes. and what it should look like in practice. Unity the, it, unity isn't the goal. Our goal is not unity for the sake of unity alone. Right. It has to be defined by the Word of God and by Christ. And glorify. By his by his walk. Like you mentioned earlier, love and truth, you said, Ronnie, before yeah. we hit record, that phrase is in that chapter. You know, speak love in speak speak truth in love. Right. Yes. Right? You you can't you can't have one at the expense of the other right. just for the sake of togetherness, right, right or tolerance. It, it, that's not the sort of community or unity that he wants for us. It needs to be defined the right way and expressed the right way at the same time. Last night I was up kind of late because my wife's knees bother her. But I was watching, uh, saw a segment of Harris Faulkner. I don't know if you guys, she's a commentator on Fox News. She has a new book out. I think it's called, uh, Faith Still Moves Mountains. Mm-hmm. And she told a story about a woman that lost her entire home, everything. And when they dug her out, the first thing she said to the rescuer was, praise God. But the only thing of her house still standing was her prayer room where she was held up inside there when the tornado came through and wiped out the community. 
Well, Franklin Graham got involved, heard this story through social media. So there's one instance, social media was actually worthwhile. And got involved and built this new woman a house. And gave her the deed, paid in full on it. Now that story is inspiring, should be inspiring to so many folks. That God is still in the business of miracles. That he's real. And the community came together to build this house for this woman. Mm-hmm. So when you said it's important to have the right community, you're very, I agree 100%. They were glorifying God with it. That house was built with every swing of the hammer. It was glorifying God. And it was just a, an emotional thing for me to watch this on prime time, well, it wasn't prime time, but on TV. They were talking about, you know, Jesus on TV. Right, yeah. You know? Which is unheard of now. Unheard of. Yeah. And, and I don't know if you're a fan of Fox News or not, but I don't care what TV channel it was on. It was good to see because we get so many bad messages from the world through TV, through music, through print and literature and indoctrination of our children in the universities when we send them there to be educated. That's such a problem. And that's, you know, we have to help guide our children when they're looking for a community because everyone except for Bob, apparently, was looking for a community. <laughs> Everyone wants to fit in. Yeah. And we got to teach them to stand out. Yes. And hold their ground. You know, and community can do that. And give them the strength to go forward and do that. I was just giving you a hard time, Bob. No, that's I, fine. I'm just teasing you. That's all good. He'll get back at you later. I know I absolutely will. will. I, I know he will. <laughs> <laughs> Next time I bring my car into have it inspected. Oh, Fail! No. <laughs> I'll be way before then. <laughs> I was hoping, because that was two years off. I was hoping you might forget. Mm-hmm. Big Mike? Yeah. What did Big Mike think of community versus what Schmedium Mike thinks of community now? I had uh, a very different idea because I'm a people pleaser. Okay. So who I was and and who I thought what I, what I thought defined me was by making other people feel good about themselves. So being the person that could lift people up and uh, no matter what I was going through. So it used to be to where when I was in any type of relationship, the only thing that I thought that I could bring to the table was. I'm a nice guy. That was it. You make people laugh. Yeah. Right? It wouldn't yeah. have been that then. I now agree. I'm funny. I agree with Mike. He is a nice guy. But, you, you know, now Correct. I'm funny too. But, no. Um, <laughs> I'm very funny. <laughs> but I, that's, that's really, that was that was me for most of my life. Was That's what I that's what I thought my purpose was in life. And then um, upon getting further into my faith and actually realizing and becoming accountable to God, Obviously, it changed into the fact of I've tried to please all of these people all of my life, and what has it gotten me? Not literally, like what has it gotten me, but what place does that hold in eternity? Mm-hmm. And it's nothing, you know. To where I always thought I wanted a community and I wanted accountability and all of these things, but I was looking for it in such the wrong places that I needed. At that point, I just needed something to hold me up as opposed to trying to hold others up mm-hmm. and grow myself spiritually, emotionally, all of these things um, to where I would even cast aside other people's opinions of the right way to do things 
as far as, you know, whether it be spiritually, whether even, even just suggestions, because it was like, well, what do you know? You know, this isn't, you know, yeah. you know what I mean? And yeah, even you know. it, being, I don't know, I don't want to say humble enough, but at, at that point, but, but smart enough to realize that there were people that far exceeded my intelligence in any level, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but how it has changed in my life since fully handing things over to God is, is extremely different because not only is it searching out other opinions and other takes and things like that. It's, it's digging into myself and realizing the things that I need to grow in, but also the things that I want to make better for other people. We've talked about it on here a lot of realizing the, the joy and immense pleasure that I have from a relationship with Christ is something that I just want to fully blow out to anybody and everybody around me. So like, the, um, brother Bob and Mike were talking about before, you know, this this relationship and just the the Bob using his shop and Mike saying that he doesn't know if it life if it changed somebody's life but just by saying hey brother how you doing the both of those absolutely have a place in everyday life and they should it should be not just Sunday morning when people are walking in and you're saying hi to everybody because they're go, they're worshiping in the same place you are mm-hmm. it's holding the door open for ten people two of them say thank you. But you're still saying hi, good morning to every single person that walks through the door. Nobody should change who you are based on how they are. Right. Because nobody changed God based on what they did to him. Mm-hmm. And it didn't change what he did for us. <laughs> right. So that's that's what we're trying to live up to. And that's how we need to live. And and it's... When we've talked about it, it's hard. Mm-hmm. It's so hard because... When somebody proverbial spits in your face, you want to do right back and also kind of swing at them. So, <laughs> you know, to put on that, I'll ask you this question because yeah. I know you've said it on here before, and you've told me in passing, and like it just stuck out. So, your previous job, mm-hmm. you worked with a guy, and he said, "If you love Jesus mm-hmm. or God as much as the wrestlers." Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. If you know your if you know your scripture as much as you know those wrestlers' name, can you imagine what your life would be? So, what did you think then? I thought then, and I even came home and told my beautiful bride, "Who in the hell does this guy think he is? He doesn't know me. He doesn't know my walk. He doesn't know my relationship with Christ." <laughs> and in my mind, at that point in time, I even I think I might have said it. I don't know. I know I was thinking it. I was so. I don't know the right word. I was so butthurt. Absolutely. (laughs) I was going to say, dumb, stupid, all of these things. Angry. Yeah, angry. That in my mind, I was even thinking to myself, I know where I work. All I have to do is tell one person in management that this was even brought up and this guy would be gone. Right. So that is how dumb I was on this. Now, now, yeah, I want to find that guy and say, I am so sorry I didn't listen to you. I am so sorry that I didn't take heed in anything. And truly, 
it is a constant reminder to me because when we did uh, the mustard seeds in kids' church, mm-hmm. so we helped the kids make these little little necklaces or whatever, and it's got a mustard seed in it. And I made one for myself and for my wife, and they hang from our rearview mirrors. And every time I look at that, it, that's what it reminds me of, is that conversation with that guy and wishing I could go back and talk to him because that was that mustard seed that I needed and truly did not know. Mm-hmm. I mean, because it's just... But isn't that underlying how God works? We don't have the whole plan? Absolutely. So you saw a piece of the puzzle, and it made you mad. Mm-hmm. But the whole puzzle was... I was offended. I was mad. I, apparently, I all of hurt, according you know, to yeah. others. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> according to others. <laughs> um, look where you are now, according to oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> and pieces it's, fell together. And it's one of those things, too, that... He was just, I mean, he was a part-time preacher at, at a little church and all of this, and I found all this stuff out about him and knew th- knew this about him at the time and stuff like that. But he didn't have to say that. And it wasn't just me he said it to, but he also knew he may never see the fruits of that, of that labor. Okay. He may never see any of that. And that's a good reminder for me all the time when I get butthurt again about I just want to see... You know, somebody that I've been working for, praying for, right. I- anything, you know, that that I want to see him come to Christ. Right. He done. I didn't bring him. Right. He done, what, he done what God told him to do. He planted that little seed. Absolutely. And guess who watered that seed and made it grow? Wasn't him. Nope. Wasn't you. Nope. It was all God. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it tells us that. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that chapter, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, just sets in my mind all the time. Who are we? We are nothing. Not worthy at all. Nothing. We are worthy. We, uh, I was waiting we for it. We are worthy. <laughs> change of topic, folks. Yeah, yeah. change of topic. <laughs> folks, we are always worthy because Christ says we are worthy. We are undeserving. Yes. Yes. Again, I make the mistake. <laughs> I did it once too. Yeah. <laughs> I just, it won't happen again. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. I even corrected our pastor one time on it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Just who I am. I mean, seriously. I mean... We are worthy because he deemed us worthy. Mm-hmm. And he deemed us deserving even though we are undeserving. Yep. I mean, that's that's just what God does. He loves us that much. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and yes, he's going to correct us. Yes, he is a just God. He is a sovereign God. Whatever he does in our life is so sovereign, we just don't understand it. Mm-hmm. Until we get through that storm and look back, and like, oh, now nah, I see. See where it took where yeah. it took you. See where mm-hmm. it took you. Yeah. This is what always gets me too. Is is I he knows and knew every curve, every turn, every screw up, every everything I would ever do to lead me to where I am now. Absolutely. And still shows to lead you there. Right. Yeah. 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 He, I always say he factored in my stupidity. I absolutely right. did. <laughs> right. And then right. I think about. You know, because we know he died for every single one of us, no matter what. So even the ones that till the day they die will deny him, go against his words and the plans that he would have for their lives, still the same love and admiration that he has for me. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you all something. Blow your mind. I talked to a guy today at the shop that has been coming to church. He's been there a couple, three times now. I'm like, hey, how'd you like it? He's like, I thought it was good. I'm like, coming back? He's like, yeah, I'm coming back. 
He's like, I'm, I'm really not into God, but it makes me feel good. I'm like, I understand. I don't understand, but I do understand. Mm-hmm. So I'm praying that God really works on him. And he has been, because he did. I seen mm-hmm. firsthand. He's feeling good because he's feeling good because working he, on him. Right. Yeah. Otherwise, he wouldn't feel yeah. anything. Right. But, yeah, yeah. but we know that. Mm-hmm. Yes, but he, and, and, and he might know that he's just resisting. He's resisting, yes, yeah. to understand that. And, I'm saying that gives him comfort. About yes, like, yeah. it's, it's oh, a process. I, yeah, I know. I trust me. I totally understand it. I really do. It just it breaks my heart that I heard him say that. You know what I'm saying? It's hard mm-hmm. to hear. It is hard to hear, but I can't. You know, I can. I can kind of relate because uh, I, broke, <coughs> I broke that pastor's heart standing on my porch. You know what I'm saying? I know that literally broke his heart. It had to, because I I felt that today when he told me that. Really, you know. So I I can relate to where it puts me back in the the pastor's standpoint of view when yeah. he's talking to me. Right. I'm like, I was that guy one time. Mm-hmm. And in that, that moment, guy. did you think to throw in the white towel and not keep? Talking about it? What? Today? Today. No. Absolutely. I'll never throw the towel in. Right. I don't care. They can bash me, beat me. It don't matter what they do to me. I'm not throwing the towel in. No, I meant like no, I chasing mean, after, chasing like, after, after him, I, right? I will like, continue. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I will never throw in the towel. I'll just right. I will pursue him for the rest of my life. Yep. If that's what it takes, it's what it takes. That's what's incredible about the most top two. You talked about even the ones that you know, you know, will, will get clear to their death and deny him. He still tries. He still tries. Absolutely. Even being sovereign and knowing that they're going to deny him and never accept him, he still tries. He still tries. Only, yeah. only love explains that. Right. Only love explains that that a logical course of action because it's not logical. It's not logical that an all-knowing God would continue to pursue someone he knows is going mm-hmm. to reject him. Mm-hmm. It's love. Love's the only thing that can explain that. Why he, why he repeatedly sent prophets to kings that he knew would die in complete and total rebellion. Why do you do it? Love. No, exactly. And not just pursue, but chase after. Relentlessly. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like hot pursuit yeah. style. Not just mosey down like I'm just a nice walk in the park, but right. like yeah. hot pursuit and he's, after. And he, yeah, and he's so... And he's, it, He's so sovereign in the fact of he could just, and it would be the way he wanted. Mm-hmm. He could just change it but in less than a heartbeat. But that he's that's not, not what he wants. Yeah. Right. He wants us to choose him. Yes. And to choose to follow him. Yes. Love requires a choice. Absolutely. He wants love back. And if you just program it in, it's not love anymore. Mm-hmm. It's just it's programming. It's just programming. Yep. yep. You know, that's the thing. He he chases us so hard, and he's right there with us, but yet he's a gentleman and just stands aside and allows us to make the choice. Mm-hmm. I mean, that just, you know. Let's us be stupid. <laughs> he lets us be stupid. Right? And just think, I mean, just think how, how hard, how his heart breaks all the time. That's where I was going. Just think about... Just that thought upsets me. Yeah. Just think about your heartbreaking today with that conversation exactly. and how magnified that is for him. Yes. Let's right? put some more skin in the game. Think about right now and how your children rebel. Yes. Mm-hmm. And how that makes you... Not just about God. 
about it. Not everything. just rebelling against God. What about the relationship with you? That's a good point, Mike. That's a good point. Brings it, I right, mean, brings yeah. it right down to brass tacks. Yeah. Something everybody can relate to. I mean, and, and to think this is everybody's father. And, mm-hmm. it, you know, I mean, I've got six kids. So I know the heartbreak that comes from not having the relationship that I wish that I had when they're under my own roof, even, you know, because it was controlled. <laughs> Daddy's got you. You can't go nowhere. You know what I mean? Yeah. And exponentially in the world. Mm-hmm. And it's just that heartbreak, that day in, day out heartbreak. And to not ever give up on anybody. Yeah. Mm. Amazing. Huh? Mm. Mm. All right. I want to ask this, and I think I know the resounding que- answer to this question. But community before or community after? Coffee Mike? After. Bob? Tell most definitely after. Mike? After. Carl? Can I tell a short story? Do we have a choice? More than Let him tell a short story. I like cut it out. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know I edit all He's the time. Mike and Carl tell a story. <laughs> <laughs> you guys know before I swirled. It was a complete and total death spiral. I've talked about that before because, like I said earlier, I just didn't have... There was nobody around me for him to use to lift me back up. Right? The enemy's been hitting me hard the past few days. I talked to you about it last night, Bob. He's been hitting me really hard. And honestly, I'm letting those thoughts creep in of, do I really belong to you? (sighs) And that that's a really tough place to be. And I don't know that... I know the sovereign sovereign God is allowing it. And I, I look, I know why. I know why. Because I'm so focused on doing things for him, I'm neglecting my relationship with him. And sometimes he'll allow those attacks to come in and get you to run back to him again. Yeah. But while I'm having those issues, I have this friend from Africa, and he sends me devotions every once in a while. And he, he writes them every day, but he only sends them to people, as, as he's told me before, if he feels pressed to send it to somebody, he'll send it to them. And every single time I've gotten one from this guy, it has been on the nose. I mean, a direct phrase that I've heard from somebody else is in there, or a prayer, or I've turned directly to a passage. He, he uses it directly on the nose every time he's been a lifeline more than once. It's just an example of how God will use somebody else to be that lifeline. Mm-hmm. He's, I, you know, I'll go months sometimes and not hear from him, and then all of a sudden he'll send one right when I need it. It's uncanny. And the last four days he's sent me one every single day. It's been just like that. First three on the nose, every single one. Until yesterday. Last night I got one. It's good, but I'm reading it and I'm like, I'm not seeing the connection here, and I'm kind of spoiled. You know what I mean? Like I want to read this connection. I'm like, what's this connection? I'm even asking Steph, did we have a conversation about this first? I'm not sure. She's like, I don't remember. Uh, yeah, I guess not. Yeah, it's a, it's a good. He was expecting that slap in the face, and it was, was just a little touch. It was. Yeah, it's exactly right. And I'm like, oh, okay, whatever. So I, 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 I put it in the back of my mind, and and we go record the other podcast earlier today. Get through the whole thing, and then Sonny gives his final thought. And his final thought is just two verses. It's Philippians chapter 4, verses 7 and 8. And the verse that Volubia sent me, he built his whole devotion around Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. Which happens to be Sonny's favorite verse in the whole Bible. And I'm like, that's an awesome connection. And then later today, Mike, you sent me messages. And I can't tell you, like, you worded it in a certain way. 
that was exactly what I needed to hear. But it's a no wordsmith. Brother, so. you reminded me that I had free. It was completely unsolicited. I haven't really reached out to you, honestly. And you just told me, you know, you have friends around you, you have community around you, and they care about you. And you made a comment about how we can see that there's a good spirit in you. Yes. That's what I've been doubting the past couple of days. Is there a good spirit in you? It was on my heart, Carl. I had to send it to you. I and stopped what I was doing just to send you that text, that is which is nothing. I don't do anything anyway. <laughs> that is specifically <laughs> what the enemy's going to hit me with is you don't have a good spirit, you have a bad spirit. I've shared that with you that, yeah. that I've, I've, I'm, I'm struggling with that. And you sent that message unsolicited and then put Philippians chapter 4, verse 7 in the group chat. I did? You did. The two verses I don't remember Cyber, doing. Yeah. The two verses the same reference was seven and eight. Lulubia sends the devotion built around eight, and you send that and that built around seven on the same day. Wow. That's how God uses community to build you back up, and that is what you're missing when you isolate yourself. Absolutely. It's important to have these examples and these 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 testimonies and these experiences so you can hear and know this is how God uses his people to build one another up. You cannot isolate yourself from that. The kneecap cannot live outside the body. Mm-hmm. You've got to exist inside the body. It's death outside. That's that's, that's powerful. So after. Mm-hmm. My answer is after. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Did you get that? I just wanted to get that. Got that. Tisha? Sure, I'll go after Carl. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you well, chose Carl to sit there. <laughs> Welcome to our podcast. Uh, sorry, have we met? First of all, Carl, I'm so sorry to hear that. I'm glad that you have this community. Um, and uh, I just want to say out loud, I feel your spirit. Um, I've had an opportunity to be in community with you for a short time. And um, I love what you have to share I love sharing the word with you. I love running things by you. I love even disagreeing about the Bible with you because it makes it so much richer. Because you make me go back and look at, am I seeing that right? Because I don't take it as, he said I was wrong. I take it as, he saw it this way. And this is someone that I respect. So let me look at this again and see if I still see it my way. Or maybe I tweak it a little bit. So... I just wanted to say that. Community after Ronnie is so much richer. And we always say community because of holding accountability. But I don't I don't think just that. I've learned that community is there with you when you're sitting in the hospital afraid that your husband's got something really, really wrong. And community is who goes through loss with you. And community um, prays for you sometimes when you don't even know the answer to the prayer that you need. And so that richness, um, I am not a person who by nature likes to be surrounded by a lot of people. And yet I almost can't have enough when I'm talking about the church. I have not found that it's been too people for me. And it's the only time it hasn't been because the experiences are so beautiful and I see Christ so differently through everyone's lenses that, that Ronnie, you and I also did debate. I mean, we tend to go down some of the same rabbit holes. Mm-hmm. And so I love, I love that because, um, then it just, 
I, of course, love the Bible. Um, I get overly excited about the Bible, so I'm kind of... Overly. <laughs> you can't be overly excited yeah. about it. I, 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 I am all up in your face about the Bible, and then I'm like, let me tell you about this. <laughs> the women are like, oh, please don't give her coffee before Bible study. <laughs> um, I'm going to send her with a five-hour. That's why I make a note of it. <laughs> I just love it so we'll much. We'll see y'all Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> Look what my husband sent me. Oh, my goodness, <laughs> yes, yes. They would it's love double it. espresso. <laughs> oh, they would not be ready for that, I'm just telling you. I'm like, buckle up, ladies. <laughs> <laughs> buckle up, we're going to be we're here going for five hours. Yeah. <laughs> so I just, oh, it's so rich. And, and how Jesus loves me through my community and how Jesus allows me to love on others through him because sometimes I don't have that to give. I don't, you know, we're talking about reaching out. So I reached out to someone today and I, we've already said this is not my nature and social media, by the way, I'm terrible at it. I don't get on my phone often enough and it's just, it's a thing. And so I love it because one of the other women who is in, uh, does a woman's Bible study said, do you mind if I, on social media, say what we're working on? Because she talked to me about my Bible study, and she could tell I was just fired up about it. And she said, I would love to tell the women what what you're covering, because I won't. <laughs> and, so, <laughs> and I said, thank you so much for that. Um, and then I reached out to someone, and um, the person that I reached out to said, you know, I needed this today, and I'm just glad to know you're there for me. But I was just randomly doing laundry and stopped and said, okay, well, I need to reach out to this person. And so I sent a little message. Yeah, that happened to me the other day. Carl and I talked about it last night mm-hmm. as of time of recording. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it's just, and it's one of those things, like it's not something that I do all the time, right? Mm-mm, right. Like that I take it flippantly but like if it's pressed on me that I should do it sometimes it's like ah, you don't want to be weird like you haven't talked to this person maybe ever like mm-hmm. in that instance that I'm talking about was ever really like I questioned like if he came to church on Sunday and I had to ask other people because I've never met him or talked to him but I needed to throw it out there and then other times it's people that I do know. And it's like, ah, am I going to be all up in their business by saying something? Because I don't want to offend nobody. Right? Which isn't me, because unlike Mike, I'm not a people pleaser. <laughs> right? Like, I do my thing. That's it. You don't like it? Cool. That's how it is. But, which isn't 100% true either. But, that's just me. I think, and we do all do that. I think us all around the table have done that before. Yeah. I was sitting at the shop the other day eating lunch. Guy come in. Was another ham sandwich, Bob? No. It was <laughs> yeah. actually... It was actually hot turkey. It was actually a hot turkey sandwich. Ooh. But by the time I was done, it was cold. <laughs> but anyway, I was sitting there eating, and he comes in. And I asked him how he was doing. He told me. I really felt pressed to get up away from that sandwich or that meal and pray for him and talk to him about his salvation. So I did. By the time I got, like I said, by the time we got done, 
my, my sandwich was cold, but God was pleased with what I'd done. Mm-hmm. So, you know. That hey, cold turkey's better than hot turkey anyway. You know what? I got a microwave. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, and, and you all, y'all know who I'm talking about mm-hmm. because I texted you guys mm-hmm. to pray for him. Mm-hmm. So, but, yeah. Yeah, I just, I mean, I felt really hard pressed. I mean, I've never felt that pressed in my life, but God really pressed me that day to do it. So, I did. And you know, that shot now has become a tool for me to be able to touch people mm-hmm. instead of a tool for me to be able to gain worldly stuff. Mm-hmm. So God's, God's flipped that shop 180 degrees. Mm-hmm. I mean, he just flipped it right around and that's, that's used for him instead of the other. Mm-hmm. Well, let's pull the needle off the record. Copy Mike. You got some final thoughts? Yeah, I do. Um, I think the world tries to isolate everybody. And it's the enemy doing it. Because as a body of Christ, we can come together and affect through God, through the love of Jesus, other people's lives when they see the light in us. And if you're out there and you feel alone, you've got to find your community. And your community is with the followers of Christ. Not the big churches promising you this, that, or the other. Give give this and you're going to get this in return. That's not the community I'm talking about. I'm talking about the ride or die people in your life that have the same beliefs that you do. They're out there. Trust them. God wouldn't have put them in your life if they weren't. And we're always here on the podcast. You can send us a, that crazy thing nobody uses anymore, email. <laughs> hey, Ronnie, I'll give you that email information later. But we'd love to hear from you. We're here for you. Jesus is here for you. Use your community. Spread the love. That's my final thought. Bob? Uh you know, some people have been hurt by the community. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, I say that you need to get back in that community and find the right people to be with in the community. Because actually, when you're in the right setting, it gives you a chance to forgive. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Community will give you a chance to forgive. So my final thoughts is actually First Peter chapter 4, 8-11. Verse 8 starts and says, Above all, love each other deeply. Because love covers a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. You know, don't don't grumble about it. Mm-hmm. Don't be like, oh, I don't want to do that. I don't want to be there. Do it with a happy heart. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others. As faithful stewards of God's grace in in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do it with the strength God provides so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To Him be the glory and power forever and ever. Amen. Amen. So, you know, everything we do 
should be for God. And He should get all the praise and glory. Yes, sir. Medium Mike. Well, before I give my final thought, I need to say something to Carl. So this is your penultimate thought. (laughs) (laughs) So it's been on my heart for a while. I talked to my wife about it. Um, With seeing in the last few weeks how you had something on your heart. And I didn't know how to say it properly. And I told my wife that in my mind it was a uh, goodwill hunting moment like uh, where Matt Damon and, and uh, Robin Williams are talking and, and Robin Williams tells Matt Damon it's not your fault just keep saying it's not your fault and I told her I said that's not what I need to tell Carl and I don't think that's what Carl needs to hear but listening tonight and I, God I believe truly put it on my heart because I don't do this but um, I think you need to know that you are enough Mm-hmm. Amen. Yep. Yep. Your spirit is enough. You have been nothing but a blessing in all of our lives and have touched so many people through your heart and your heart for God. I can't think of a single person that I know that you haven't made them want to be a better person and a better Christian. And a better follower of Christ. Uh, and I say that because I know how much it's affected me. So I want you to know how much you're loved and appreciated from me and my heart. Well said, Mike. I, I echo exactly what you say. And, uh, Hang on. <laughs> <laughs> Back for the call. We got a hug. Sorry. Oh. For those of you who can't see this, it's a tearful embrace. Mostly, Schmedium Mike is tearful, but I think Carl's kind of tearing up too. Oh, sorry. I'm sorry, I can't say Schmedium Mike. He's always big Mike. <laughs> it just felt so wrong. <laughs> So, obviously, I think I've changed my my final thought because all I can say, I think, is when when your heart is in the right place for Christ and you find your community, don't ever not say the thing that's on your heart. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Because you need it as much as somebody else does. Carl, you need a minute? Or do you want to go? All right. I think... uh, Exodus chapter 17, we talked about it in small group a little bit last night. And uh, just for the summary of it, it's when the people of Israel are first being led out of captivity from Egypt, which is a picture of us being led out of sin. So that's a picture of the body, right? It's a picture of, of us as the ecclesia. And right away the enemy attacks. One of the first experiences they have is a people group called the Amalekites attack. And they're, they're, it's a satanic army is what it is. And you see it framed up that, that God directs the people. He says, have Joshua serve as general and lead the people. And the people go out to fight. And then Moses goes up on the hill. And he holds his staff up to heaven. So Moses is the conduit. He's the one in direct communion with the Father. And as long as he has his staff upraised, 
they have victory. But if he can't lift his staff any longer, they suffer defeat at the hands of the enemy. So Aaron... (laughs) Sorry. So Aaron and her go up, and their role is to hold Moses' arms up when he gets too tired to lift the staff himself. I think it's one of the most beautiful pictures of the purpose of community in all of Scripture. Everybody has their role. Joshua's role is to lead the people out to war. The people's role is to fight the war. Moses' role is to speak directly to the Most High and lift his staff up to heaven. And Aaron and Hur's role is to hold him up when he can't hold himself up any longer. We need to respect our roles. Community is so important. Mm -hmm. No one person in that scenario could have found victory against the enemy by themselves, isolated. It took the entire community and everyone respecting their role and lifting each other up to bring victory to the community, and that's what we need to look like in Christ. Absolutely. I love that. You're up, Tisha. (laughs) Thank you, Ronnie. (laughs) So, one thing with kind of the discussion we've had with Carl tonight, one thing that I do share with people is when you feel the enemy attacking, it usually means that you're on the right track. So I love that Carl is finding community that scares Satan. (laughs) That That he is surrounded by people who are going to love him in a way and love his family in a way and support him in a way that he's going to do bigger things than he even is right now. And so Satan's a little worried. And and so it's terrible to go through, but it's beautiful to watch. So um, my my verse for community was 1 Corinthians 1.10. I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree with one another in what you say, and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly united in mind and thought. And that just really, really, um, the world is looking to see if we can agree. If and And I'm not talking about every single little thing. I'm talking about... About Jesus, it, you know, and and Singles loving on purpose. each other. Yes, yes. And uh, so for me, the small acts when multiplied by the church can transform an entire world. That's my final thought. I like it. I know you. Mine's God's ultimate purpose for humanity is to call together a community whose life will reflect his own. Mm-hmm. That's pretty good too, Ron. Mm-hmm. Don't tell me. It'll go to my head. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've seen it swell. <laughs> Hang on, i got to take my hat off. My hat's getting a little tighter. Join us on our Facebook group, Broken Record Ministries. You can catch us on multiple tiered of platforms. Spotify, YouTube, Amazon Music, Google, and Apple Podcasts. And if you want to do like what Coffee Mike was talking about and just talk to us, reach out, ask questions, you can do so at brokenrecordministries at gmail.com. And Mike, would you pray us out? Absolutely. Lord our God, we are together as a community here and just so humbled by you and all that you would do in our lives the things that you have given us that we will never earn and we know we don't deserve. But we thank you, God. 
We thank you for the sacrifice of your Son, Jesus Christ, so that we do not have to die over and over again for our sins. We thank you for the opportunity to serve you, and we pray to live our lives in the way that you would have us live, Mm. to walk the walk of you, Lord, to hold our heads high because we proclaim the name of Jesus, and to show everyone in every place that we come how we are different. Maybe not by the clothes that we wear or the cars that we drive, but by the fact that we are yours and we belong to you, so it sets us apart. We love you, we honor you, and we praise you in all that we do. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. 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 And until next time, you can catch us on the flip side.